Ooh, look at that. Oil's up again. Canadian oil's also up. Doing rather well. Hmm. And Ukraine has oil? What is this? Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. I'm Stephen Sersky. Thanks for listening. This here is my daily audio blog, published between Monday and Friday. It's the little yicks and the little yaks of the things going on of a working traveler. I live here in Beijing, China, and I try to document some of the things that happen in addition to some of the interests that I have as well, which include uh, film making, uh, music production, and uh, history. And I'm also learning Chinese, uh, the Chinese language at the time. I think that's probably, uh, aside from filmmaking, uh, or I should say these creative projects I have, such as filmmaking and music production, studying Chinese is probably the other thing I do, that takes up just about all of my time, at least my mornings. I'm also studying a little bit of Russian, but Russian, to be honest, is a bit of a distraction from studying Chinese. So what about this oil? This oil thing. Interesting post I saw today, which almost kind of makes sense, and it's one of those things where like, oh, that would do it. There's Apparently there's been a book uh, recently published, and it, it's uh, I saw one screenshot of it, shared uh or a paragraph shared uh about this um about the reserves of ukraine in uh, in the black sea region the book is called price wars how commodities uh how commodity markets have made our chaotic world world um it's written by rupert russell and it was just published this year 2022 which kind of I don't know, kind of smacks to me of taking advantage of the situation because this paragraph or this uh, one section uh, in this book, uh, it's not a paragraph, it's longer than that, uh, that talks about Ukraine is that apparently back in um, 2013, I think it was, uh, Ukraine was able, or not able, Ukraine found oil deposits underneath their portion of the Black Sea. Now, the Black Sea is that body of water between Ukraine and Turkey and is famous for housing uh, this, uh, like, Sevastopol. That uh, is the Russian military base, Russian naval base, that uh, is on the tip of Crimea, which was annexed back in 2014. Well, this book talks about how 2012 there was a very large gas reserve found in there, something like over a couple billion or trillion or whatever it was, and Ukraine basically uh, didn't come to an agreement with Russia over the matter, and instead Ukraine went to Shell, the, the gas company, to uh, start extracting it. This happens in 2013. When was uh, Crimea annexed? 2014. And I'm guessing with this whole um, yik-yak about, uh, and that's also, uh, let's put this also in perspective, 2014 was the year that oil crashed. We're talking like meteoric drop from 120 or whatever it was down like kaboom, blam. I mean, that, that drop didn't end until March 2020 
when it was negative $43 a barrel or something like that. Just stupidly insane. It's been shooting up recently, but the timeline makes sense. It, I mean, if there's a large reserve all of a sudden found in Ukraine, Ukraine not only has uh, the, uh, the grains of Europe, but now it has the gas. Oh, wow, that's a target on your back. <laughs> uh, and that they didn't make a deal with Russia, uh, and they keep on talking about joining NATO and joining EU and things like that. Uh, it's things like that where you kind of go, oh, that kind of makes sense. Uh, that kind of makes the um, the whole current war in Ukraine, let's, let's call it what it is. I mean, we're not going to get away from that terminology at all. It's still a war. Russia's still dropping bombs on cities that aren't even near the place. Now, do we know the strategic importance of a lot of the places that have been bombed? Mariupol. Mariupol was actually uh, uh, said to be housing I, Russians use a different term uh, but uh, you know nationalists fascists they were being called and I wonder if that's where a lot of the military militarized uh, banderas were placed or were being found uh, or operating basically so the banderas again go back to this sort of um, Ukrainian people's Ar- army back that was formulated or put together back in World War II, and they have very strong nationalist tendencies tendencies that uh, is being skewed by Russian media and can be skewed by Russian media uh, that are very uh, fascist in in their belief. Whether they, whether or not they are, I don't know. How much they are involved in politics, no idea. Uh, I can say that in all the Western media coverage that I sort of have seen, this isn't being talked about too much. This is more of a Russian news media um, story. So, is it any? Is it how much weight do we give this to? To this, if we sort of, uh, you know, pass away all of the mainstream media of all of all those things, given this timeline of like the oil. Uh, of the revolutions, of the uh, multiple protests in, in Ukraine and the timeline, it's like it, it kind of makes sense how Russia has been sort of plotting this for a while. And it's not so much plotting it, but they've been prepared. They have been prepared for this. And one other thing that came across uh, my news feed was that this pullout of MasterCard and Visa really didn't hit them as hard as Western media portrayed, or at least made it out to be, because Russia set up its own uh, payment system years ago. After after it took Crimea, They and they got sanctioned at that time, they went, well, this is not a good idea. <laughs> we should probably create our own system. And instead of making it optional, they mandated it. Done. I mean, it's kind of like when... Um, what was it like when the government's mandated that Visa and MasterCard report everything to, you know, the respective tax offices? Uh, it's it's the same idea. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, so yeah, some uh, new information that I wasn't aware of: the Ukrainian um, oil reserves that are, were found in the Black Sea, uh, and that certainly does give a little bit of um, a bit more information about why we're seeing what happening and and that the Russian assault has slowed and isn't as vehement 
as it was before. So it, it might even be that they aren't looking to take over the whole country. They're just looking at not just to make a point, but two, have they got enough to sort of secure this oil? And let's face it, Russia can do a deal with Shell. Uh, why wouldn't they? Business is business, right? Shell operates in a lot of different places. <laughs> um, shareholders want returns, and the board of directors is uh, subservient to those voting shareholders. And if the shareholders, who can be anywhere, if it's a publicly traded company, uh, you have enough of a, enough votes in favor for a deal, then that's typically what happens in a public setting. Now, of course, public outlaw, public backlash, but public backlash against an energy company like this, of that size, that scale, uh, I mean, it's it's one. I don't. Do they make most of their money from retail sales, or is it from like industry usage? That would sort of be my my question in, in that sort of uh, situation. So yeah, that's a bit of a development on the Ukrainian front that uh, I wasn't aware of, um, but uh, it certainly kind of uh, makes a little bit more sense. Spent the day doing Chinese and uh, working on these motion projects. Actually, I got a uh, one logo I created today uh, for a Compadre's publication, and uh, I'll, I'll be posting that shortly. Uh, but I was also researching a few other projects, simple, uh, simpler projects, because some of these projects that are coming up are, are really involved. And as much as they're cool, I kind of go, uh, at what point would I use all of this stuff? And I, I, like I, I actually refer to this Blender and Motion tutorial that uh, Simon Upsdale uh, is putting up right now. He just finished putting up the rest of it. It's four parts. And... Although interesting, and certainly I was uh, thinking of doing a, um, a sci-fi animation of some sort in the next couple of months, of, uh, just to you know throw together a bunch of the elements that I've been developing in these different programs. I appreciate the integration, the the cross, uh, the the working together, walking working across platforms here. I like that idea, but. I, I do have to be realistic and go, what can I deploy right now? And so that's what I was looking at uh, today was that uh, this Apple motion program isn't like just fancy, like a, a simple animation or simple graphics. It's a lot of it is it's tightly integrated with Final Cut Pro, which is a video editing pro, uh, program. Um, and so I was looking at those things, like how could I create more crossover content, crossover functional uh, assets that I could use in Final Cut, not just to be a, a motion project on my own and learn something, but then also be something that I can use in Final Cut Pro. So uh, there is one, there's the uh, there's the Instagram uh, Instagram layout. Like I guess you, you put three or four videos into one frame and it's all nicely framed and everything. So I was looking at that. It's, it's a series of drop zones uh, that you can make in motion you publish to final cut pro and then within final cut pro you can swap the videos as you go along so you're not committed to any one video feed in these things and so this is a boon for uh video editors you know having that sort of plug-in where it's all nicely laid out you can do these things anyway in final cut pro but publishing it as a motion template or as a final cut um what do you call it, a generator i guess uh it just makes things just a, a little bit easier. Chinese is progressing. I spent uh, 
Today I was doing, I read through chapter 20 or 21, and I wrote out the characters for chapter 31, I think it was. I posted the 31 chapter up on YouTube. I have five videos so far. My whole goal actually is to do, like I'm doing these screen recordings, and I'm starting from the back of the book and working my way down to chapter one. So I started at 36. The reason for that is because I'm sick of the first couple of chapters of HSK5, and I figured one of the best ways to start pre, uh, preparing for this test that I want to sign up for within, like, I wanted to sign up in April for a May test, but that would probably put more anxiety on me than it's worth. I might have to push off the, the sign up into May, so then I would write the test in June, and that would give me enough time to sort of work through these uh, these textbooks. Uh, so it is, it's progressing. One thing that my uh, textbook was talking about today was this guy, this American, uh, Richard Sears. And he's apparently pretty famous. Uh, enough people know him, and he's pretty popular on Weibo, uh, which is the, the Chinese version of Twitter. Uh, he catalogued the evolution of Chinese characters. You can go to his website. Oh, what is the website called? If you look up uh, Chinese Entomology and the name Richard Sears, S-E-A-R-S, he uh, it comes up. Uh, I do have the website here. Hanzayuan.net. So it's H-A-N-Z-I-Y-U-A-N.net. I'll put this in the show notes for uh, this uh, this episode. Uh, and uh, he has quite a quite a bit of material on this uh, website, and I was looking at him, looking at what he's offered. And you can go to his website and like hit random character, and you will it'll pop up, and it'll give you a whole explanation of the uh, the, the character as it as he's been able to document. Now he has a couple of people helping him out. Number one uh, is Anne Wu. She's this uh, Chinese lady who now lives in California, but she helped input. I think it was like ninety thousand, nine thousand, ninety thousand. I don't know some some lots of numbers of characters into uh, the database. Sixty thousand character combinations, uh, ninety-six thousand ancient Chinese character forms from archaeological sources. Uh, so it's taken them taken them twenty-five years to do this. And uh, it's <laughs> the screenshot of the uh, website in my textbook is so early 2000s. You go to the website today, it's a little bit more polished, which is good. You can follow them on WeChat. Uh, you can scan the QR code, which I know most uh, North Americans are like, how do you do that? Uh, but for us here in China, you just click download the image and then uh, go to your scan function in WeChat, open up images, and it will scan the QR code immediately or uh, automatically. So something you can do. Interesting stuff if you're interested in the uh, formula, uh, formation, uh, the history, the evolution of the Chinese characters. Uh, certainly something to look at. And it helps a little bit with remembering the uh, the meanings of the characters. Uh, and a little, it gives it a little bit more... If, if you're looking to write these characters, which is what I'm doing, understanding how and why and all the different radicals and the portions of each character and how they're laid out it helps sort of remember give you that visual in your mind now to be fair you're simplified and traditional uh it's feng ti is traditional and jian ti is simplified 
which I just learned these terms today. I've been studying this language for six years. Uh, and But you see these listed, like Chinese traditional, Chinese simplified on websites around the world. That's what it is. Fang ti for uh, traditional, jian ti for simplified. I'm, I'm studying simplified, not traditional. I kind of wonder if I should have studied traditional, but honestly, uh, I live in the mainland. They use simplified. And to do traditional, oof, I don't know how many more years I want to commit to this, to tell you the truth. Uh, March Motion, yeah, so there, that's, uh, I've I'll, never got to publish uh, those things today, actually. Uh, those two, video, two videos I have ready, but I will uh, get those up tomorrow. Double workouts and calorie counting. So these, uh, as I mentioned a couple days ago, I've started doing these double workouts, whereas I'm doing um, a first workout in the morning once I get up. Uh, and it, it varies in its intensity. And this is actually a response to the fact that I didn't like getting up, um, you know, with a resting heart rate of like 45 and then within 15 minutes getting it up to 185 or you know even 160. And I was like, this is, I don't know. Plus, getting up from bed... And working out in the same room, um, yeah, I, I guess I've never truly been locked down because uh, I was like, Ugh, this, this, uh, this isn't very inspiring. Uh, so my <laughs> heart goes out to you guys who have been doing that for the last three years, two years, whatever it is already. Get up, do the first workout, um, and then have the, have that done by about uh, eight o'clock at eight thirty. Sometimes it seems to be. Uh, getting pushed until but then also in the afternoon I'll go for a second workout again this one's not very strenuous um, but you know it's 20-25 minutes of kettlebell lifts uh, or flows and that gets the heart rate up going again burns a few calories the reason I mentioned calories is because one of the things that um, some of these help a lot the, the new fad seems to be is talking about macros so your macros are your carbs your fats and your proteins uh, those three make up your vast majority of just all of your calories uh, and there's a certain what's the number it's like times seven for carbohydrates and times nine for times seven for carbohydrates and proteins and times nine for fats and that you get the calorie count for each i don't know how they figured this out but that's what it is i'll go buy it I'm also using my fitness pal to track my food intake. And if, if there's one thing that's sort of, uh, so there's been a few things that have been happening over the last couple of months that I've noticed in my own approach to nutrition, uh, to eating and to working out and to slimming down quite a bit. Number one, like is this uh, double workouts where, you know, before I was like, oh, you know, I just want to work out in the morning, get it over with. Now I'm finding even in the afternoon, it's one of these things where, you know, I'd like to get up and go stretch my legs anyway. So can I just add in 15 to 20 minutes of kettlebell flows? I mean, it's, it, I'm not heavy weight. I'm not looking to lift heavy. I'm just looking to lift something and swing it around and hopefully not throw it across the room and break my computer. You know, that sort of situation. Um, in terms of calorie counting, it's more about, it is... Keeping track of that number and saying that you have like 200 calories left on the day. And like, it does, it's a little bit encouraging because then once you complete the diary for that day, it gives you an estimation of how long, uh, of what weight you would be if you continued that same sort of um, diet, that daily diet. 
for five weeks. And like my current one is like uh, I would drop three kilos in the next five weeks if um, I were to continue eating the same way I did today. Now, sadly, I got this case of or this box of um, these Denisa butter cookies. They're, they're tiny little things. I mean, you're eating them. They're not even registering in your brain that you're eating these things, right? Uh, those <laughs> substantially contributed to my uh, uh, calorie um, uptick today. Um, but I've noticed it, between sugars and alcohols, like especially if I had two or three beers, where before I was used to have five or six, you know, the IPAs, which are very calorie dense. I mean, it seems to be some sort of trade-off there anyway, right? It's either going to be uh, something sweet or it's going to be some sort of alcohol. So I'm looking at this. And in terms of fats, like, is it necessarily calories or is it fat content that I want to take down? And how can I do that? So I introduced this whole restricted eating, not eating until uh, later in the morning and stopping eating earlier in the evening. That's the goal. Uh, to help put my body into that state of ketosis, which is burning fat for energy rather than carbohydrates, as far as I understand. All of this put together, I mean, I'm going, is this sustainable? It could be. Uh, it's a good habit to have. Can I do this around the world? Probably. I think knowing how to fast or how to mentally get over the hunger pangs is a very important thing to learn. Whether or not I could keep up the muscle, that would be sort of the questions. Like, I'm not going to have kettlebells anywhere in the world, just about anywhere in the world. Now, yeah, you could do your push-ups, your burpees, your chin-ups just about anywhere. Uh, he has branch for chin-ups. Uh, thing like pistol squats even, I mean, although I can't really do a full one. <laughs> I, I do more of a pistol flop, and then I get back up sort of thing. Uh, but things like this where uh, developing sort of that ability to not be bothered by the counting, the restricted eating, the working out twice uh, twice a day, uh, and then being able to drop weight and, you know, honestly, look good. Uh, that's part and parcel of it, to tell you the truth. So, yeah. I don't know. Do you guys count your calories? <laughs> Does anyone count this? I've, I've, I'm not going to lie. I have found that I'm paying attention to this much more than I ever have before. And that's not just the fitness, it's the, like what I'm eating, uh, even with all of these Chinese foods. This is actually one of the things that put me off from using my fitness pal for so many years was simply the, the lack of information on Chinese foods in the program. Now, much to my surprise, even places like Daoxiangsun, which is this Chinese pastry shop that I... Uh, was frequenting quite a bit in the autumn, uh, not so much recently. Um, but if you know the Chinese name for it, you can usually search for it and there might be a match. There's been more than enough times though where, like, I, since I shop at an international market, like uh, these pistachios are from Vietnam. They couldn't find them in the app. So I just find generic pistachios and how different can pistachios be, right? And I only bought them because there was two for one and they were on sale. Um, so things like this, same with like, uh, celery and like all those fruits and vegetables. I mean, you, you just ballpark it, ballpark it, see what it is. Um, they're, they're all preloaded, but you don't need the exact one, like Chinese celery. How different is that from like any other salary or celery around the world? Don't know. 
So these uh, these things I am paying attention to uh, much more these days, uh, especially in this year as I'm uh, heading into another decade. Uh, so things like this were, you know, even if it, uh, is it sustainable? Yeah, I think that'd be the biggest question. Like, cause I don't see a lot of people doing this, but does that mean that it's not something I should do? Or is it something that more people should do? And it's just not talked about very much. I don't know. Someone asked me about podcast numbers. <laughs> Speaking of numbers and counting things, I don't track these things. I don't track the podcast numbers. I've, I've said this before. Uh, one of the reasons, actually, I, I I didn't want my podcast on Spotify is because they do give you analytics, and I don't like them. It's distracting because, as a person who's had, a, uh, as someone who's had a website for years, and I mean years ago, I used to try to push uh, traffic to my website, and it just became a never-ending sort of refresh on the web browser. Well, does this go up? Does that go up? Does this work? Does that go up? Like, I'm not selling anything on my podcast. I'm not selling anything with my podcast. At least not yet. No, I, I haven't received any money. I'm paying for all the hosting fees, and it's, it's my time that goes into editing it. So I, I don't want to spend my time looking at analytics. These conversations that I'm having are, are good conversations that I have with people, with interesting people, that sh- I think will stand the test of time. And that, to me, is more important, is having these preserved in such a fashion that I will be able to access them going forward. So that when, you know, in five years, when we, whoever it may be, have left China, or we're still in China, you know, and we're like, oh, remember that time when? And yes, we have some evidence that we have a, a, uh, you know, a a clip from that time. A snapshot, this podcast, three-hour conversation. (laughs) Things like that. That's what I'm going for. I'm not too concerned about the short-term numbers, um, so you have, if you're looking for numbers, uh, I'd say, I'm sorry, I can't provide them for you, but I'm not sorry because I don't track them. Uh, my website in general has a few hundred hits every month. If that gives you a, uh, sort of an indication, um, one of the biggest, uh, there's two posts that sort of hit the, seem to hit the top two or three. Uh, number one is will China, will Mandarin Chinese be like ever become like a, a global language like English? Number two is uh, my post about uh, shithead in Krakow, uh, Poland. And number three was Vietnamese and a dog. Vietnamese girl and a dog. And yeah, so though you, I'll go ahead to my website and search those terms and see what pops up. I mean, it's nothing that you can't look at at work. All I'm saying is that those three pages are the ones that draw the most hits from internet searches. <laughs> uh, at least the, the Vietnamese girl and the dog used to be there. I'm not sure if it's uh, still trending amongst the uh, the top pages that people land on <laughs> all right folks i'm going to leave it there thanks for listening i appreciate it i know a bit longer again today but uh this ukrainian information has sort of uh, intrigued me quite a bit i uh, hope you uh can check out that richard sears website uh the uh, chinese entomology i know a few people who listen are also studying chinese i think it does help uh understanding a little bit about the uh development of the chinese characters and for workouts and calorie counting, if you can, I mean, my fitness pal and I use Me Fitness or Zeb Fitness, I don't know, Zeb Workout. They changed the name of it for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but uh, two workouts a day, 20 minutes, 25 minutes each. You go intense, you go hard for one and then, you know, sort of a little bit lighter for the second one, I think is a, uh, 
It's been working for me. So anyway, show notes and tracks up on my website, stephenserski.com. Folks, have a great Wednesday. We will talk again. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.